Welcome to the Black Men Think Podcast. If this is your first time here, know that the views and opinions expressed by the Black Men Think Podcast, are those of the Black Men Think Podcast and not the individual members. With that being said we're about to be unapologetically, undeniably black. Enjoy. Hey, um, I just got one question. How are you really adjusting working from home right now? Uh, it's, hey, I, Chris, you go, man, because it's listen that that right there gave me a headache. <laughs> <laughs> just just even think about it. I need a minute I mean, to process. Look, it's it's funny as we were getting as we were getting prepared for the uh, recording. I'm sitting here, you know, I'm in I'm in the apartment. You know, it's lovely, it's nice, spacious, and whatnot, but it's still an apartment. With the wife, I can only imagine what it's like with you with a house full over there. Um, all y'all, you know, with kids. Right. Um, but you know, I've been adjusting. I've been adjusting to it. Uh, my my my, like professionally, what I've been doing in the last number of years has uh, I've I've traveled quite a bit, and so this notion of working from home or remote working has been kind of already integrated into what I do anyway. I travel with my Mac, my laptops, whatnot, do my thing, take a meeting, pop up in a coffee shop, do a thing, hotel, hotel room, hotel lobby. So it's always been kind of natural for me. So it's just, it has really no been adjust, uh, no no real adjustment for me. Right. I think the only thing that has been interesting is the fact that like my wife has been here the whole time. Crystal, you know, we've been in the house together the whole time. And I think that's a little weird. She's like my coworker now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that is interesting that you say that. That's, yeah. What is that like? Like, for real? Yeah, I mean, you know what's actually interesting is... All right, I'm just going to keep it 100. <laughs> I mean, it's enjoyable because I would say, you know, we wake up. It's like, oh, okay, we're going to do a little workout. You're going to hop on the Peloton, do something like that. Or, oh, hey, I'm going to make this coffee or this breakfast and all this stuff that we weren't able to do before um, because I travel so much. And then she obviously was had a very demanding job as well. So I think actually it's been great on that end where we've been able to experience each other a little more than we have in the past. Um, but it's just very strange where – I'm actually now getting to see how she operates at work. And 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 I think that's a whole thing it's in itself. And there have been a lot of memes and jokes and Twitter conversations around like, oh, I realize my husband or my wife or my spouse or my significant other is that employee, right? You know, the one that asked the last question whenever the meeting was <laughs> resolved and done or like, the, <laughs> you know, or, or, or the person who is like, you know, very, very, very inquisitive in nature and they're just asking all these like circular questions. So, it's been amazing to actually get to experience that because I don't think we oftentimes get to experience that with our uh, significant others um, is to see how they operate and move in the workplace. So that's been actually mm-hmm. eye opening um, on that front. I mean, what about, I mean, uh, JD, you, you, you very entrepreneurial. I mean, you know, and you, you kind of, you obviously got the day job, but you also got a lot going on anyway. So I can't imagine that it's been too much of a change for you. Um. Well, it hasn't been, well, it, it has been a change um, because, like, right now, so my wife works at a lab in the hospital, so she's still going to work like she normally does, but me, I'm I'm here. And hey, I'm shout out to kids. our frontline workers, man. Shout yeah. out to our frontline workers. That's Definitely. that's real. Yeah, all, y'all, all y'all boys, man, y'all got wives on the front lines. Definitely. But, um, you know, so in my case, I'm, I'm at the house with it, with the kids working. So, it, you know, that's an adjustment period. But honestly, working from home, 
itself, I'm cool with, I'm so cool with that because like, I'm one of those people where I kind of like to like do my work at my pace. And I've noticed for myself personally is that when I'm in the office, my pace um, gets interrupted. Um, and, and a lot mm. of that is, you oh, know, it could either be interaction with other um, employees when I'm at work or it can be, you know, people just naturally coming by my desk and want to talk and things of that nature. And, you know, I'm I'm one of the people at my job to where, like, I'm not like a social butterfly, but I, I'm the, the person that people just like to talk to right like I, I and I think a lot of that has happens because I'm I'm naturally in, in a couple of different departments I'm not like solely focused on one project I'm I'm kind of um you know I have my 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 net is kind of cast wide at, at work so you know um, I'm working on a couple of different teams and so that way conversation naturally happens amongst a lot of people and um, you know, while that is cool and all, I'm really the type of person where I like to kind of like really do my work and then get up out of there. Like I'm, I'm the employee where like, if I go to work at four 30, I mean, um, get off at four 30, I'm out of there at four 30, though later than five. And the thing is, yeah. you know, that while some people might not agree with that and think like, Oh man, you should work harder. Well, I work hard while I'm there. But when I'm done, I'm done, and I'm I'm out of there. You know what I'm saying? And, and so yeah. I try to really make sure I focus on doing that. But working from home, I just realized like I'm not. I don't feel as stressed. Um, I'm getting more sleep because I'm waking up at you know seven thirty and Whenever. logging in at eight. <laughs> and, you know what I'm saying? And and, and not roll right out of bed up, straight into wake the up with my eyes bro. open. Uh, I'm talking about rolling right out of bed, bro. And so that that has been <laughs> like a true blessing because I'm the type that don't get a lot of sleep. But um, outside of that, man, like really being able to spend a little more time with the family, I, I really enjoy that. Even though sometimes I need that escape and I'm not able to get that that escape that I would normally get by going to work, like at a physical um, building. Uh, but as far as like from a business standpoint, man, you know, I'm I'm able to get. I'm I'm at my office 24/7 so I'm able to still get work done but the flip side of that is because I'm always here the expectations is that I'm always here right so oh, yeah. yeah yeah that's tricky you. stuff you know it's different tricky. it's different when you going into an office and then coming home and like wanting to work on some stuff it's kind of like I, and, and I think my wife understands across the board but just visibly knowing that you're not here and you're at work, I know that you've been gone. And so when you come home, if you say like, oh, I need to get this done, I need to get this done, it's kind of like, all right, cool, do what you need to do because I know you've been working at, at at another place. But because that I'm here, I don't have that same leeway. So it's kind of like, you know, is that walk in and, you know, natural conversation going, but it's like, no, I'm I'm really at work right now, and when I'm at work, I don't really feel like being bothered. Yeah. So that's been a big adjustment because you know, it's just it, it is what it is, bro. So it's funny you say that. Oh, like, yeah, I'm because I'm 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 I kind of experienced the same thing at the office where 
my day is nonstop, but nine times out of 10, it's not because of something that I'm doing. It's because of something that somebody else is bringing to me to get mm-hmm. solved or something. Um, it's, it's funny. We're working in a working environment, you know, in a normal setting where the rule is when we close our door, do not disturb in the office. That never happens. Like it's, it's, it's almost a ridiculous rule just because my door is always getting knocked on other people's doors. I don't even know why we do it. I guess it's a hope almost, but what's crazy (laughs) is now things are completely shifted for me. Like, you know, it's funny, JD, you mentioned, you know, how you wake up and, and how your day gets rolling. And, you know, we always joke about it on the podcast, but, you know, obviously I'm a father of four very young kids. My oldest is five. My youngest is one. So you can imagine the, you know, the level of action that actually happens in my home on a daily right, basis. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's nonstop. And the, the weird part about being home and working is you don't necessarily have your entire home to work in. Like I literally have hmm. to confine myself to this one little space in our home that we can actually quarantine away from the rest of the house because the rest of the house is free game. Like if I were to bring my computer anywhere downstairs, I wouldn't get any work done because Mm. obviously my kids are running, they're running through the house. You know, even when they're, even when my oldest two are doing schoolwork, the youngest two are daddy, 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 mommy, daddy, crying, screaming, you know, it's just, it's nonstop. If I went outside, they will come outside. You know, it's it's like, I can't even go on my, my back porch necessarily. So you know, my wife and I, when we're working from home, we have to literally go up in our office, which is in our bedroom, unfortunately. Um, and it's kind of in like this little annex to the bedroom. You know, we got a, oh, okay. a kind of a little another another built in room um, in that space. Um, like, you know, obviously like a, a, you know, a little master bedroom suite type of thing, but it's still in the bedroom. So, you know, by the time you actually get comfortable, get acclimated in that space, there's always that tension of like, man, I'm at home though, you know, like yeah. I, can, I can relax and get comfortable. And I'm not even harping on the reality that my family is also at home. So at any given point, I hear my kids screaming through the walls or from downstairs. And I'm like, all right, let me go help my wife out real quick. Let me go get lunch ready, you know, just to kind of give her a breather or give her at least a, a little ray of hope if she's dealing with the kids that day. Or if I'm, um, you know, I mean, if I'm if I'm tired and I've answered all of my emails and and I've done my planning and I'm looking at my my thread and all that stuff and it's kind of empty. I'm like, well, let me catch this 15 minute nap real quick. You know, I'm just saying like these (laughs) these are the realities of working from home. And I think a lot of people are trying to figure it out right now. I mean, obviously, we're still quarantined in this COVID-19 situation. Different states look different. You know, we're in Georgia. Uh, Chris is in, in D.C., but me and J.D. are down here in Georgia where our, our governor's ready and tripping. willing to open up. But that's that's tripping. neither here nor there. We'll do that what another day. What he's doing day. is tripping. <laughs> 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 Call it for what it is. <laughs> no cap. Uh, but, you know, just in general, I think a lot of people are still trying to figure out how to work from home. And myself included. And I, I'll add this piece to it, too. I'm naturally wired to get out of the building and go like I, I work in a very fast paced environment. I work in an environment where I obviously understand my role in the organization, but so many others lean and depend on decisions that I have to make. And I have to make tons of those decisions in real time. Every day is different type of thing. So I, and I, and I'm, I'm wired to work like that. 
while sitting in your bedroom, kind of in, in a back room, sitting staring at the computer all day, I'm learn honestly learning how to I, I I have to rethink how to do my job from this space. And it's it's to some degree it's been challenging. I don't I don't know how it is for y'all. No, but I mean that's you raise I mean a lot of really great points and I think everyone to 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 what you just said is just trying to figure this out because this is just new altogether. I mean, right? Like we don't gotta go there about COVID altogether. That's new, but uh, you know, for us, but the idea of being able to work at home and balance that idea of like Oh, okay. Like no one's actually like over my shoulder, um, you know. Yeah. But I, I actually think it promotes. I actually think it promotes like a healthy way to work. Quite honestly, if you really like, if we really want to break so it down. Too. But I mean, yeah. What's interesting about this, though, to that end, is, I think is actually a really great conversation for us to have, particularly for our listeners, because you know, we are fortunate. I mean, we're having a conversation now where all of us have been working at home. And we've been fortunate enough to be in in those types of uh, professional um, circumstances where we have like work from home orders and we're not, you know, on the front line, obviously, whether it be in the medical side of things. But what I'm actually talking about is the service oriented types of jobs and some of these uh, what they consider essential jobs, um, where particularly a lot of a lot of our black men. Yeah, I mean, a, a, barber, a barbershop is an essential <laughs> service, right? Irrespective of how anyone feels about it, right? And a bowl, I mean, there's a lot of places. I'm, I'm throwing shade, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, what what I'm actually interested to know is, is like, I mean, you know, look, we have this conversation all the time, you know, uh, and, and particularly like, I feel like Brian and I, we always, always have a lot of alignment around here, but I can't help but look at some of the, data and some of the preliminary uh, uh, outcomes from everything that's been taking place in the last number of months around COVID and the prevalence of some of the death and prevalence of some of the, the really worst impacts of this and see that our people are disproportionately affected and wonder once again, you know, what are those moments where we kind of like reflect and think about like, yeah, maybe I, maybe I need to figure something else out. Like, this, this, yeah. whatever this type of job situation or professional career that I have situation is not going, it's not that it's not going to cut it, but what I'm saying is, is like, I'm, I'm, I'm out here and I'm in, I'm kind of indisposable, um, in a way that is not great <laughs> for, for, for my health right. and my, like, you know what I mean? And all these, you know, and all that, right. You know, life, liberty, health, and pursuit of all that type of stuff. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, what, what y'all thoughts on that? You know, I'm I'm hearing that man, and like so, I can help. But so I have like um I have homeboys that are that are considered essential workers that are working in the service industry. I have um you know family members that that are also working in the service industry, and you know to be to be fair, they're not like high paying jobs or whatnot, but they're they are essential jobs not for people but for them because you know without those jobs they can't take care of their families. They can't um you know live like they want to live but it's just amazing man to see the jobs that are truly essential are jobs that you know the average person takes for granted right like yeah yeah service you know food no, that's a good point. all of that stuff that stuff that because i know we've we've even had these conversations in our group chats just kind of talking about like how you know, we don't want to do certain things, but, you know, the reality is 
all of us, for the most part, are using a service called Instacart, right? And mm-hmm. while we talk about how we don't want to go here and don't want to go there, we're actually paying somebody to do all of that stuff for us. So, like, the reality is we're putting these people in harm's way just to serve us, right? And it's like, you know, when you start thinking about how layered it is, it's just like, dang, today I'm cutting grass and a guy comes up and he's delivering my groceries. And I had mm. to check myself because, like, the dude was... He was an older gentleman, but I told him like, well, you can just put those, you can put the um the groceries like at the front door or whatever in the carport because I'm cutting the grass. And he looked, and he the way he looked was like, man, that's a long way. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, bro, I'm paying you to do your job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But but at the same time, it's just mm-hmm. like I ain't thinking about nothing about what this guy probably had to deal with, who he been dealing with, you know, the fact that he's actually out here going back and forth, dealing with all these things, man, probably potentially getting himself sick, you know, all of that. And, yeah, and you know, it was exposing it was a, himself. He exposing himself just for a paycheck that honestly I'm taking for granted because it's like, I ain't doing it. You know what I'm saying? And that's just, the, that, that might sound harsh, but that's just the reality, bro. Like I'm not doing that job, you know, unless I had to, but right now I don't have to. So it's just like, it's 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 a tough situation, bro. All around, to be honest with you, like it's just, I, it, it's it's one of those things though that's like up for your own personal um, preference. Like I wonder what I'm what I'm referring to is, um, you know, what's considered what's considered none or what's considered essential. Um, because I mean, I'm just gonna go there. Like when I read a list of essential duties and essential jobs, looking like a bowling alley. I mean, shoot, you might as well open up a skating rink, you know, like in Atlanta, like you could open up yeah. Cascade or something, you know, like Golden Glide, Golden Glide, Golden Glide. But yeah, you know, it's just, I mean, I'm sorry, like it just, it, it, it gives me cause to pause, and it, it gives me the harsh reality that, and I mean, you, you know, many of you may have seen it. I mean, obviously Georgia got a lot of attention um, in the, in these past few moments where, you know, our governor, you know, kind of wanted to up. Open up, open up very prematurely um, in a lot of ways, like open our state up. And he got a lot of pushback from these businesses. Like he said, we can open movie theaters and movie theaters is like, nah, we're not opening. Nah, up. Like, we, we good. Don't right, want, exactly. We good. We don't want our people to die. We've had to furlough or lay off a ton of our workers. So we don't even have people to put in these positions. And you're not doing us a favor by doing this, you know. But the irony is, you know, we're not opening up law firms. We're not opening up the governor's mansion for tours, you know, and and a lot of these other places that don't look like lower income people actually going to work, um, you know, and don't look like the same people that are probably applying for unemployment to go back to work so that they don't have to apply for unemployment. You know, it's exactly and it's just a lot. It's a lot of things you could say, you know, but it's just I think it's one of those things where it just points to one thing in America. Um, I, greed is a great word, but honestly, I'm going to try to make it more palatable for people. Um, convenience, you know, it's, it's one of the things it's, it's, it's one of those things that we live by in this country. Like everything that we want is literally at our fingertips from the point that we open our eyes, um, from our sleeping beds at night to the day that we lay down, you know, and it's, it's, a matter of seconds before you can put your hands on whatever you need, whether it's through your phone, um, 
driving up to a place and a, a meal is prepared for you. You go somewhere, they ship items for you. You go somewhere, food is already picked, hand-picked, cut, sliced, ready, packaged for you to take home. You know, we just live in a convenient world, and it's hard to break that mindset, even when people yeah. are dying at rates that we haven't seen before, you know? Right. Nobody yeah, really I mean, cares about deaths. It's convenience. Well, it's interesting that you raise all these points, because I think this is actually great to frame some of this for context. So... Um, you know, as you guys know, I spent quite a bit of time in the government and, uh, you know, data and kind of what, what, do, what, what does data say? What does the statistics say? What does actual facts around some of what we're talking about? And I know there may be yeah. some people who are like, oh, maybe a stretch to add this, but I think it paints a very specific picture around what we're discussing right now. So uh, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, um, it says that the Black or African-American population tends to be younger in comparison to the overall population, age 16 and older. In 2019, about 69% of the black population was age 16 to 54. All right. That this is mm -hmm. this is something that I think we should spend some time on. 69% of the black population was age 16 to 54. By comparison, about 63% of the overall population was in the same age range. So what's not being said is. How many, how many more people? So 63% of the overall population, population was in the same age range. But what it's actually meaning is there are more people who are outside of that age range than we are. Mm -hmm. And it says the black population is also slightly less likely to be made up of men than the overall population. Black men in 2019 made up about 46% of the black population. Men made up about 48% of the overall population. What does mm -hmm. this tell us exactly the point that you're saying marlon right it's 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 curious that the service oriented jobs and a lot of these jobs that um you know are are are, are things that either we would over index and either um you know go into experience or to you know take advantage of and or people who would be working at these types of businesses it's curious that those are the ones that are uh, deemed essential and, and are opening up in the midst of COVID, I mean, once again, you know, like a thousand, there were, a, there were 1000 additional COVID cases in one day in the state of Georgia, just, uh, yesterday. Just yesterday. So, I mean, look, I, so, and here's where I think, cause I think JD, we've had actually some really great philosophical debates around this before. And, and I think you are a very unique individual and I'll add the point that I'm making because I think for me, this paints the picture of how important education is, in my opinion, personally. And furthermore, what you do with that education and how you leverage that education to kind of demand and expect kind of professionally the best experiences that can be out here. Um, and I know, once again, we've had a lot of these types of conversations around, like, you know, school's not for everybody and all these types of things. But I feel like it's hard for me in moments such as this where there are there are strong relationships between those who don't have formal education and the types of jobs and their earning potential versus mm -hmm. you know if if you go to college and if you go get your professional degree and if you get another professional degree your earning potential is going to be through the roof and there are reasons for that a the network b you know there's a lot of professions that uh, that 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 uh, presuppose and assume that okay so i got to pay that person because of that and all these other other elements 
So I don't know. I feel like there's just like a shift in a conversation that we need to have in our community around some of these things around education and around that type of stuff. Because once again, I'll make this point, J.D., you are not the average individual. Like, you are a hustler supreme. And I don't mean that in any diminishing way and anything negative. You work full-time, but you also have businesses, literally. And you also are doing a lot of entrepreneurial things and have, you know, entrepreneurial endeavors. And I don't know that I could classify everybody as the same as you. No, that that's a good point, bro. And, and just full transparency, that's something that I had to learn as well that, I am different, you know what I mean? Because I'm, like you said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very humble individual, and so a lot of times that can be a fault because you start looking at the world and thinking that the things that you're doing, other people can do as well, and you don't really try to set yourself apart as like a, a exceptional or whatnot. But you know, when you you go around right. and you have these conversations, and then the stuff that like you know, I, I'll have a conversation with somebody, and to me. It's very simple. It's just like, you know, my solution is just do the work. But to the average person, no, fam, I, I'm, I'm watching Ozark. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. I, can't, I can't be mad at that person because for them, they went to work today. And once they finished their job, they did what they had to do. And they're getting, you know, they're getting paid a nice salary. So I can't be mad at somebody for that because they're they going to work and they doing what they so if they want to enjoy their leisure time, they can do it. But for me, there there's there is leisure time, but you know what I'm saying? Like for me that that yep. word leisure don't necessarily exist because theoretically I can always be doing some type of work. You know what I mean? And and that's a that's a flaw, uh, because you can get so caught up in doing your work that you actually miss on life. You know what I mean? But I, I have come to grips to understand that I'm exceptional and different. And, and some of the things that I do and, and I, you know, can sometimes take those things for granted. But I, I do truly believe that education is important. Um, I think everyone should, you know, should have some type of education. Now, don't get me wrong. We all went to college. We graduated. We all like for the most part work in the fields that we um, we went to school for, for the most part. Um, but. I also understand that, you know, everyone is not quote unquote college material, but to me, the book doesn't stop at college. Like, you know, you, if you want to go and do technical training, like I know there's yeah, some barbers yeah. out here, bro, that like is killing it and they own barbershops. You know what I'm saying? So there's some yep. other ways to do this thing, man. It's not just necessarily saying, you know, I want to go to the college and be a lawyer or a doctor or, you know, work in STEM while those are great fields um, and they pay well, the reality is that that's yeah. not everyone's goal. And that's not everyone, you know, everyone doesn't have that that will to do those things. But I, I do feel that you got to have some other education, bro. And even if you're somebody that don't necessarily uh, rock with, with school, if you make it through high school, you can still get educated by reading you know, we we live in a world now where Google is your best friend. Like I, I could sit on Google and learn anything that I need to learn about any subject if I take the, the time and dedication to, to do it. Right? I can learn anything that I really want to learn just by searching in Google. How do I do this? How do I do that? And just follow the trail 
and and you know spend but but what comes with that is actually spending the time and having a dedication to learn and i think that's probably more so the root of the issue chris is that people are not dedicated yeah. to learning not necessarily just yeah. like um okay you know that's fair education itself is just like that dedication point here's here's something that, that you guys are making me think of though and i slightly pivot well, i guess it's not even a pivot it's more or less just taking it in a different direction but we how do we as a black community stop finding ourselves in situations where we're at the mercy of moments like Ooh. these. Mm. <laughs> he you just know what I'm saying? Because he just dropped the bar, y'all. I mean, I love mm-hmm. it. Just, be, you just got to be you know, fired cause, up. Because <laughs> listen, because listen, here's, here's the reality. Like, everything's shut down, right? We're stuck right. at the house. And when, 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 you know, governors say your state is open for essential businesses, what nine times out of 10, that looks like it's people of color having to go back into the work field before, Mm -hmm. you know, what's mainly mostly white people still at home waiting for, you know, high level positions to, to reopen. Mm -hmm. And they're typically flexible already. So they're already living in a lifestyle of flexibility. So, you, you know, Chris, you speak about education. However, the thing about our communities is when we think about education, we still tend to limit ourselves to the opportunities that go beyond education. Mm, and what I yeah. mean by that is why I don't even know how to say this, man, other than like, how do we find the fields that we typically don't tell our kids to go work in? Hmm. You know, like, I mean, like, look, why it's, aren't it's, we pursuing agriculture or, see, you know, you Man, you hitting it on the Go head ahead. though. You you hitting it right on the head though. And I mean, and, and JD, this is actually probably the counterpoint that I'll make to one element because I was in full agreement with what you were saying. However, there is one point in which I I will say, all right, y'all got to follow me here. This is going to be a little bit of abstract thinking here. Okay. Um, right. and, and and for y'all listeners, sometimes I'll, I do this, so y'all just know this is a Chris Upperman. This is how I, this is how I think. Uh, you know, I philosophize a lot of things. I'm always thinking. If you look at our data, right, if you look at statistically some of the challenges that have persisted in our community over a very large period of time, right, generations, at least let's just say the last two, two to three generations, right, there's some data points where like, yeah, sure, we've made gains in some elements and like more people have, you know, high school attainments, more people have college degrees, but on par with our counterparts, it's not where it needs to be based off of where we, like population, right? Mm-hmm. I look at this as a moment where I'm like, all right, let's take a step back. We can't afford in this moment to just say, you know what? I'm going to do what I want to do. And I feel like I need to do what I want to do that makes me happy in these types of things. And I know this is probably going to be very provocative. And I, and I would love, I, look, look, check us out on social media because I would love to have this conversation <laughs> with you all. Michelle. No, no, for real, for real, because I already know this is going to be a polarizing statement. But when you yeah, take man. a look once again at our data and you look at where we have not gone and like the gains that we have not had, at what point do we say, you know what? Like, I need to just do that, period, because on the other end, the data suggests. So once again, J.D., you said a lawyer, a doctor and these types of things. Well, what I can tell you by the numbers and by the data around lawyers and doctors that their income level is 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 definitely at a level and higher 
consistently and growing and going and growing and going and going. Right. Like Absolutely. there has no, there, there hasn't been a decline in that. Right. Like, you know, you're coming in, you know, once again, there's, this is a broad brush strokes, right. Cause there's all different levels in the medical profession and the whole nine. Right. So like, I get that for people who are out there who are like, Oh yeah. What I'm basically saying is, is like, we literally know that there are communities and whole almost groups of individuals in America that it's like, yo, if you're not a doctor, if you're not a lawyer, and if you're not a business person, and I'm talking about like a Wall Street, you know, cutting yeah. deals, trade right. internationally, it ain't gonna cut it in our community. Period. Right, right. And right. then you look at and you look at how they situate it, and you look at some of the community things that they got going on. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to argue. It's hard to argue where we kind of come at this from a like, a, oh, well, I want to do what makes me happy. And like, oh, well, it's not for everybody. I feel like we just at that period where we're just going to have to take our licks and say, you know what? All right, class of 2020, all y'all going to be doctors. <laughs> like yeah. everybody need to be a lawyer, period. Like there, you know, like all jokes aside, like we don't need, we, you know, like <laughs> we don't need any more of all these other things generationally speaking for where we need to go in a community and for, for wealth accumulation and for income um, generation. I feel like this is this, I, I, once again, super radical. I get it. Trust me. I'm going to take these licks, but I'm just saying, I don't know. That's how I feel. But here, but that's, that's, I hear you, Chris, but I got to push back on that because while I, while I completely understand your point and I, and I completely mm-hmm. get what you're saying, like, I don't, I don't disagree with it is what I mean. But mm-hmm. what about the diversity in the direction is what I, was is really what I'm trying to punch at, because what we tend to hear in our communities is doctor, lawyer. And while that may be, you know, the pinnacle of what we see in our community as success, that's so unattainable for so many kids. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking, well, what about the kids that need to go work in telecommunications or in technology or in agriculture or... Oh, yeah, of course. You know, no, I don't and, disagree and, and, with you at all. And I know you front. don't disagree yeah. with me. And, and, yeah. and I'm just saying, like, you know, like, okay, let me just speak, like, for me. Like, I leave my house every day when, you know, when I can, obviously. And I drive down the street and not half a mile up the road, you know, there is a distribution building. Somebody owns that distribution building. Somebody mm-hmm. owns the trucks that are rolling in and out of that distribution building. That's that you know, businessman I was telling you about, though, Mo. That's that businessman that I was telling you about. That businesswoman. Right. No, trust me. I got me. you. I got you. But but at the same time, um, it starts somewhere else. Like it, like it, it could potentially start at a person who, you know, is taking up a, you know, going to trade school and is learning a trade and becomes the developer of the product that is going in and out of that facility. You know, whether it's something as, as big as a computer or as small as the little chip that goes inside of that computer. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, no, I think, so I think, I think you're raising a good point though. And I think it's two things uh, from what you're saying. I think there are inherently by the, by the educational attainment, they're like inherently things that once you get a degree, the job that subsequently comes with that will put you in a position where you'll be successful and you'll have opportunities and options. However, I think what you're also getting at is what I was saying earlier about JD, that there is another element that we have to start promoting in our community around the grit and the hustle so that you can become entrepreneurially minded. 
because yeah. once again, when you use that, I mean, like once again, I think I and and I, and I might be misquoting it, but I want to say it's either it's either FedEx. As a matter of fact, I think it's FedEx. I think one of the like highest, I think one of the highest level senior VPs in the company literally started out as a package processor in the company. It's a black woman, I think, sure. from Memphis or somewhere around there, and I like she got an amazing story. If it's um, Memphis, it's FedEx. What do you say? If it's Memphis, it's FedEx. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it, it's def. I mean, it definitely Memphis is in FedEx, but I can't remember if that's the company and if it's the woman. But I believe there is a story about a woman who, it, once again, I believe it is FedEx uh, that she was at, and she started out at the lowest, lowest level that it could ever be, and then she's now in the highest level corporate. And I think there are maybe a couple of these types of scenarios that we can find. But the reality is, is like. Those are far and few in between. Right. And right, right. I, I hear you, Mo. I hear you. Trust me. I get it and I agree. But I do know that that's the other side of it, that if we're not saying, all right, get the base level education, but at the same time, I you know, I need for that same hustle. And I'm going to yeah, go there because y'all know you. me. Look, every Saturday, look, I'm just going to keep it funky. My wife, this is this is kind of, this is like the bane of her existence. Every Saturday, I'm on that Nike sneakers app. Got them, <laughs> or or more or less taking L's. I'm catching L's most of the time because, but but you know what the difference is? Like I can, you know, I'm not saying it weirdly and all like oh, I can afford it and all that stuff. But I understand the priority of all this stuff and the prioritization. But if if I can go on Twitter every literal moment when there is a drop of a sneaker and see thousands and thousands and thousands upon thousands of black men and brown men hustling for the sneakers just so that they can flex for the gram or be fresh or feel good about themselves or self-identify with a culture that they love so deeply. I'm going to go there and I'm just going to be that dude and I'm, I'll take those licks. I need that same energy for when it comes to your life. And when it comes to, to the, to, to like it, cool. Like you may not be the cat that can rock in the, 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 the classroom or the, institution but i'm gonna need you to know that you still need that go there but then do your little hustle and do your thing and then like leverage and figure out what you can do in that same way like i say this like i put it out here my brother man i love my brother to death and i tell him all the time he's such a brilliant young man and he is amazing like he just picked up the camera and he's like a dope with it and he has done i mean he's got amazing clients and he's doing this and the third and i'm like yo okay troy so but have you incorporated your business? Ah, mm-hmm. uh, 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 mm-hmm. uh, you know, right, right. So, I mean, you get what I'm saying, like, and and, yeah. and, and I think that that's the that's you. Sorry, no, no, no. So I, I hear what you're saying, and you know, so I I can only really speak for myself, right? Because I I think I'm I'm personally okay. So overall, I think the the real issue is Chris is that the other things are not sexy enough, right? So, like, yep. um, becoming a, a working in STEM, you know, becoming a lawyer, um, even agriculture is not sexy. And, and, and I think what we have to do is, for one, going back to what you said earlier, we have to educate because growing up in school, if you would have told me, like, how much farmers be making, bro, <laughs> Bruh. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you, you know, but but we don't we don't because that it don't it ain't cool. You know what I mean? And especially in the black and brown communities, bro. Like 
it is what it is. We connect to cool. We are cool people, yeah, but yeah. we we connect to cool. Or passion, and so, because sometimes so, it's passion. Yeah. Also, yeah. yeah, definitely passion. But you know, it, it, it's one of those things. If we look at it and see it, and it don't look the way we want it to look, then we'll go the other way. And, and so I think ultimately we need um, we need to make it sexier. It just needs to be a better marketing campaign around these other fields for I black agree, and brown bro. people. Um, and, and you know, we can get into a, a long time. We can get into a deeper conversation that, that that is probably intentionally not market sexy to us because they don't want us in those fields. But that might be a deeper conversation. That I don't know if we're ready to have that conversation just yet. <laughs> but you know what yeah. I'm saying? So. Oh, no. yeah, Mo, you I mean, was about like, to say something. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say I would argue that we we need to make a greater push in our communities to push the next generation into a multi layered field, like just diversity of fields. Yeah, you know, multi, like be, being because, multifaceted. Exactly, because positioning is everything. Like, like yeah. the reasons why we struggle in moments like these is because we don't have enough people in positions yes. in, in the greatest places of need. Like we're yes. at the bottom in almost everything except for those, like you said, sexy positions at the top. And but, those but are the positions that we lean to and glean on for hope. But I'm just like, man, let's push let's let's push our kids or at least expose them to more so I, that when it comes time for them to make those decisions about their future, they are well versed on all the options, not just lawyer, doctor at the base level. I'm talking like what type of lawyer? What type of doctor? How deep into like like if you didn't go if you went to law school but you didn't want to be a lawyer then what can you do with it? You yeah. Know? So so Mo, ahead, I, I hear that I hear that and, and I agree with a lot of that. But I think what we're saying overall, like the underlining thing, is that we as black and brown people, we have to get to a point where we're truly ready to sacrifice and, and be selfless. Yeah, because we're just selfish yep. by nature, bro. Like everybody is worrying about how can I get here? How can I get there? You know, I think about I, I truly I think about a story that my, my my pops told me one day. And at the time when he told me, I didn't really you know, I didn't think too much of it. But now that we having this conversation, I started to kind of, you know, recollect and, and really think about it. So my dad, when he was probably. Maybe like 20, see, it was around the time he had, so he was like anywhere between 27 and 30. Um, he had an opportunity to go and play drums for um, a band, and I, and, I, and I can't remember the band, but it was a, it was a popular band at, at the time. And, you know, he was going to be able to go on tour with this band, and, you know, he was supposed to go to California, was the start of the tour, and he decided not to do it because he said, like, you know, I had just had you and, you know, I had, I made a conscious decision that, you know, I got to be there for my family. And so I focused, I started focusing on my business um, that I had, you know, painting. And it was like, you know, I'd rather focus on this so I can be there for you and, and for your mom. And, you know, at the time when he told me that, you know, I don't even know how we ended up on that conversation, but when he told me that initially, I was just like, oh, man, you know, that's that's what's up. Like, you know, whatever. But now I'm thinking about it. It was like, look, my pops made the ultimate sacrifice because my dad, like like I said, my dad has supported me musically my whole life because I'm literally doing what he wanted to do. Right. He had an opportunity to do something. And he was like, you know what? 
if I go down this path, it ain't going to be great for my family. And so he hmm. made a conscious decision to sacrifice what was probably, you know, one of his top, top two or three dreams to say, you know what, you know, forget my dreams. I'm, I'm going to focus on my family. He prioritized his family at the time. And that's something that, you know, just me as, as a 35 year old man now with, with the family of, uh, you know, two kids and a wife, that's something that's very hard to do. Um, and not saying that I would, you know, leave my family or anything like that. Like, thankfully, I've been in a position to where it's been understanding and like forcefully now I had to, you know, God set me down because we were planning to, to hit the road um, this this fall. But, you know, that's something that it really resonated now because it's like, dang, my dad actually made a true sacrifice of what he wanted so he can support his family. And so, you know, I think that's something that mm. us as black and brown people that we yeah. we got to get to a point of where we have to start focusing more on being able to sacrifice, whatever that sacrifice may may be. Like, it might not be that, but, you know, it could be the sacrifice of, no, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to homeschool my, my kids so they know about certain tools and things that they're not going to learn by mm. going, you know, to this elementary school or maybe I got to sacrifice not buying a house and just moving into an apartment in a, in a good neighborhood. So my kids can go there, you know, whatever that sacrifice may look like. I think that we as black and brown people, we have to start focusing on doing those type of sacrifices. Uh, so our kids can get ahead to where is, it's more so focusing on lifting them up so they can continue to lift people up. Because what most of us are doing right now is, we try to get to 50 and do what we want to do. And then once we hit 50, we start mm -hmm. thinking about everybody else. And I think that's a problem. It's interesting mm -hmm. that you raised that point though, because for me, this is where I personally am inspired by, you know, my, you know, someone that I look up to and I read almost everything that they uh, put out and kind of contemplate uh, Frederick Douglass you know, that is my greatest. And it's interesting. And the reason why I would like go in this direction right now is because I think what we're also talking about is what is going to be that moment that is either our pivot point or what will inspire us or what will kind of get deep inside us that will make us say like, all right, something's got to change. Mm -hmm. um, and Mo, and I love the, I love the, I love the question that you ask, you know, around the, like, when will it be that we won't be at the bottom mm -hmm. and be in a situation where we're vulnerable and have to expect something as opposed to being able to just like self um, actualize or self realize or, or any of those types of things, and, you know, and this is, I mean, look, I, I, I ask any of y'all who haven't really read any of Frederick Douglass's uh, work. I mean, this dude was, this dude was spitting bars in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite quotes is something very specific to the point I think you were just making, J.D., in a way, right? You know, he said, power concedes nothing without a demand. It never did, and it never will. The reality is, once again, back to Mo, we haven't demanded enough. And what I'm saying is, I'm not talking about no Twitter fingers. I'm not talking about being out here and making jokes. The same way that we're seeing certain subset of America right now roll up on the state house 
and demand. And now that there's like another emphasis coming from all these angles because like, oh, okay, like, oh, it's all un- unconstitutional. What's going on? These l- shutdowns and this work from home and stay at home orders and all these other things. Where Where is that moment for us? Like, what is it in us that we need to get us to that place? Period. Mm. And I'm not saying this... Hey, you know, like, I know there are going to be some people like, oh, he's saying he's so comfortable. He got life situated the way that it is. And I'll say it's easy to say that. That will always, someone will always be able to say that. I mean, and, and, and if I could actually break down what I've had to go through to be in the position that I'm in right now, you'll probably be like, okay, I'll fall back a little bit, but I'm not going to go there right now. My only point is, is like, I just really feel like we have to get to a place where we understand that that's the work that we're going to have to put in and that sacrifice, J.D., that you just said. We're going to have to sacrifice some things, and it may not be pretty. And I'm not talking about no, you know, I mean, some may think, oh, like life and all those other things. I'm not talking about nothing crazy like that, but I'm just saying we're going to have to have some hard conversations and, 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 and reveal some truths that are probably going to be very uncomfortable for us. Mm-hmm. But that's just how I feel. Yeah. yeah. It's funny you even mentioned working Frederick Douglass because, I mean, he got another quote that, it says something like, you know, we, we won't get everything that we work for in this world, but we definitely got to work for what we get, right. you know, and, ah, and it's going see? to. <laughs> That's it's a going bar to, right there. That's <laughs> a bar, bro. It's, it's going to take commitment, sacrifice, because obviously sacrifice goes into reaching and obtaining your goals. Um, but more or less, like giving up our comfort. Um, yep. Enough of our comfort is snatched from us in the first place. But honestly, we got to sacrifice the rest of it to, to to get a leg up on some of this stuff. So, you know, that, that's, that's a really good point, man. I mean, who's y'all greatest, though? Who's y'all greatest? I mean, you know, I just told y'all Freddie Douglas is someone that I look up to. I mean, like I said, I'm looking over here at my, at my bookshelf and I have quite a bit of uh, his, his books and some of his essays. Um who who's the greatest for you all? I mean, it could be anything. I mean, this this is not about academic or a philosopher or any of these types of things. It could just be whatever. Who, who who's someone that inspires you? Like who's someone you feel is the greatest? Hmm. That's a really good question. Cause it's so easy to categorize these things. You know, you go sports, you go music, you go, you know, just in general, uh, black celebrity or whatever that is. But man, oh, Hey, do you got somebody? I got um, a few greats, but I'm just... I mean, man, honestly, bro, the only person that really comes to mind is my dad, man. Just, that's... And I know that might be a cliche answer, but... Nah, know, just, bro, that's your, that's, that's I, your truth. Yeah, the, but that, that's like the person that comes to mind because I, you know, it's a lot of stuff that we take for granted as, as children, uh, because you know it's just and, and and I go through that now because I have kids and I just look at that you know my my daughters they just it's an expectation right they expect for me to wake them up in the morning they expect for me to eat breakfast with them and they expect for me to change them when they need a diaper change they expect for me to go outside and play with them you know it's just expectation and so as a kid, you don't really, you know, you don't think anything of it. It's just like, oh, this is what's supposed to happen. But, you know, when I look over my life, I have friends who dads were not in their lives, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Even, I, I mean, I got cousins who my dad has been the father figure for them. You know what I mean? And so yep. 
Yep. I I look at that and the, the fact that my dad actually stepped in that role for a lot of my cousins and you know taking them fishing as kids or you know like going on uh, when we going on vacation even like my 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 cousin um, Lisa you know her father was in her life but not like my dad was so like on summer she going on vacation with us. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's like stuff as kids, you don't really think about it. But it's just like, man, like, no, my, my dad really took on that role of like, you know what? I'm holding it down for, for my family. And I just look at like even being, you know, my first love was baseball. And and so my pops was my coach. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and you think about that mm-hmm. now, like. With with the the world that we live in, bro, people are too busy to do those things, it's, and the fact that you know it's just slowed down your life to to be involved and, and do things. That's all. I I was able to kind of just really look back and recollect and just like, man, dude, my dad has legit been in every aspect of my life, like from from day mm-hmm. one. I I can't recall a time where, um. I may have been in need or a part of my life where like I wasn't didn't have my dad. Like even in my lowest moments, like oh seven to oh nine, bro, when I was out here like hustling on the music tip and recession hit and ain't nobody buying beats and ain't nobody <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like all of this stuff, <laughs> I was still able to like drive to making it work with my dad. You know what I'm saying? And make no, some money. Great. So it's like in my darkest moments of my life, my dad was still there, open arms, like, oh, y'all, come come down here and, and make some bread and, you know, so you can pay your rent and all of this stuff. So it it's just, I mean, even now, bro, like, I'm, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. I look around my studio and probably 40 to 50% of the equipment came from my dad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Hey, that's that's real, though. That's you real. know what I'm saying? So it's just like, yeah, mm-hmm. bro. That 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 that's, is that's that picture, is who it man. is for me. Yeah, that is who it is for me. Cause he cause he cause he set you up, you know? Like right. he, he handed right. down a legacy in the in the best way that he could. Right. And just to and, and just to add to that though, Mo, not only did he do that for me, my brothers both are painters. Right? Mm. My dad, that's that's what my dad been yeah. doing since he's been like 19, 20 years old. So like not only did he pass the music to me, he passed the painting to my brothers. They but see they that's lived. what I'm talking about, JD. Yeah, you didn't yeah. realize what you just did. That's the point that I you just made my point about it. Because what that You're was right. is there's legacy, there's there's block building right there. There was a foundation that was set and it was like a you gonna learn this. And you're going to learn this in a way in which, because I am an entrepreneur, this is what I've been doing. Like, let, folks, for y'all, I mean, we said it and we talked about it before. JD's dad is an entrepreneur. He owns his business. And so the fact that he's taught his children how to do that, they can now go do that. It's the whole idea of, like, you know, you can you can feed someone. I'm going to butcher this, but, like, you know, you leave someone and, you know, but teach them how to fish. You know, like, right. if you teach someone how to fish... So I, yeah, I just I just think that that's the plate that's some of what we're missing. Mo, what were you right. what were you thinking? Like who who is your greatest? Man, honestly, it's 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 a very peculiar question and answer for me. Um, you know, I, I could easily go on the route the same route JD did, 
and it would be my father. And it wouldn't necessarily be because of a trade. It would just be because of the character that I feel yeah, like he portrayed. Certainly. You know, and I, and, and I feel like he, more than anything, showed me what it is to be a flawed man. And I say flawed because, mm. you know, we often look at, at the GOATs, greatest of all times, as, as we look at all their, their positives and we rarely focus on, we don't like to, to paint the picture of the struggle that they had to go through to get to that point and right. even the struggle that they maintained at that level. And honestly, like, even when you asked that, I was sitting here thinking, I was like, I don't know if I can name a GOAT of, of everything or just the greatest in my mind because I feel like everybody has greatness. You know, I feel like if I were to pay enough attention to, to any individual who is striving, who is pushing through their weaknesses, who is fighting for their strengths and like to enhance those things and who's trying to just become greater and learn better and learn more. At some point in that, in their lifetime, they're going to become a, a goat. Like they're going to become a greatest of something because, or at least if they have that drive and will and determination and grit to, to, to get through it, because I feel like there's something we can learn from, I feel like we, we spend too much time looking at the top and we don't pay enough attention to the people that are on their way to the top, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, and to me, I think it's more valuable for people to look at what they actually have in front of them. You know, like like look at themselves and, and, and see the potential and see what God put in them and spend more time like building that instead of like being in awe of somebody who who made it. And I'm not saying we don't need to reflect on the people who got there and listen to the stories of how they got there for inspiration. I'm just saying I think our communities need to pay more attention to what we aren't using yet and how are we going to empower those people to get to where they need to get so that we have a ton of greats being named. And maybe that's just my cop-out answer because I couldn't think of anybody, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel no, like no, that. No, no, Nah, what you got, Chris? Um, well, no, I mean, I, look, I already told y'all, you know, Frederick Douglass is like someone that I, I think about. I mean, look, and, you know, look, just to go there, because we all have, you know, my father is someone that I reflect on quite a bit. As y'all know, he's passed and God rest his soul. And I really reflect on even just some of the turbulent relationship points that we had growing up and how it was all necessary. And so I have to now deal with that as a man and understanding that I really was just a child in those moments and didn't understand the bigger picture because I know he's, I know he's proud of who his son has become. And in those moments when he was teaching me everything I needed to know to be who I am now, I hated it. <laughs> like it was terrible. <laughs> I mean, we just, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> I hated it so, so, so much. And it framed my perception and perspective on him in a way of like, oh, he's terrible. But then, like, I reflect on it now as a very, very mature individual and, you know, 35 years of age. And, like, wow, he was the GOAT because, like, <laughs> I mean, he just knew that this was stuff that, as a, as a, as a black man in, in this society, you're just going to go through so much. You're going to experience so much. You're going to be yeah. challenged. Um, and so I, I just got to get a shout, shout out to the late Christopher Upperman, um, you know, who I am, his name, right? Show your love. Show your love. Exactly, exactly. And like you said, Jenny, it gets, it gets me a little emotional when I reflect on it in that way. Um, 
you know, and, and so this is not like a sidestep. That's just what it is, right, on my on my dad and put respect on that. Um, but for me, I mean, look, you know, we've talked about Kobe in the past as it relates to what he did on the court and, like, how he approached the game. I know, you know, we got the Jordan documentary right now, and it's just amazing being able to kind of, like, see him open up right now. And, and then, Mo, I think it gets to your point, right? Anyone that strives, you'll see that they'll get to a place of they'll become the GOAT. Um, hey. Why are you doing that though? Let me just throw in Serena Williams, cause low key, if she was a man, she'd probably be the greatest Bro, athlete of all any, time. Any, any, and, and ain't even no that. question, man. Ain't, ain't no even question. no question, so, man. Like she, she, yo, <laughs> I, it, it's actually amazing to me um, how amazing <laughs> yeah. that woman is as as a tennis player, and like we could go in a whole other direction with this conversation and we're gonna say that for another day because i feel like we got we got to put a lot of respect on women such as her but you're right mo like you absolutely right i mean she is inspired i mean coco golf right shout out to georgia state you know at least her parents you know whatnot i mean it's you know you know naomi osaka all these all these are they are these underlings and i don't mean in a diminishing way i I, all right let me take that back they have studied under the tutelage And being inspired by Serena, exactly, and and they're doing they're doing great things. So no, I, I will definitely give Serena that as well. But you know, like the greatest. I mean, you know, I think about people. I, I if you know, y'all know me. Y'all know I, I don't consider myself at all like a social justice warrior because like there are people out here who putting their, their true lives on the line and like picketing, protesting, and like doing some things that is just like not my personal style because y'all know like how I am. Um, but when I think about like Stokely Carmichael, when I think about Julian Bond, when I think about, you know, uh, you know, a Philip Randolph and, you know, the MLKs and the Andrew Youngs and like these types of yeah. individuals, those are really goats to me. Those are just, I mean, the John Lewis's and, 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 and thankfully yeah, yeah. I know he's been going through some health challenges and we haven't heard a lot, but I mean, just God bless these people, man, because these are individuals that dedicated their life and limb literally t- so that, I mean, look, I'm living great right now. God has blessed me. God has blessed y'all. God has blessed all of us right now. And it would have looked real. I mean, we're from Georgia. <laughs> so like, right, right, it would right. be very different. It would be very different for us just 70 years ago in Georgia, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, in less than in less than that. You know what I mean? So I got to I got to really give a shout out to those as the greats, in my opinion, and the greatest ever, because they did some things that I mean, once again, when, when we talk about right now, some of these people who claim they're air quote patriots and air quote, oh, I'm standing up for my constitutional rights and they're doing it from like you know, the perch of their Twitter fingers and, like, social media or, like, pulling up comfortably and, like, oh, this and a third. I mean, we're talking about people that knew if I if I go out there today and I protest, I literally might not make it back today because it might be the guns, it might be the dogs, it might be the any element. It may be, it may be, it may be the KKK. It may be all types of other elements that they had to take into consideration. And so for me, those are the greatest to me. That whole generation was the goat around that civil rights movement. 
period. You know what? You know what? What was what was the connection with all of those people, bro? Sacrifice. Sacrifice, man. Yep. That's Sacrifice. it. That's the word of the day. <laughs> Sacrifice. I mean, for real. Sacrifice. I think we. I feel like we're at a place where we've kind of lost that. And I'm not saying this. Trust me. I'm not one of those. You know, this dude Chris always on that. I just say that at the end of the day, I love I love us and I love us and I want us to be successful because we're so great. Historically speaking, when you look at what we produce and look what we've done, we are amazing. But it's always when we sacrifice something, you know? And so I just think that we got to get back to a place like that where we understand the stakes and we understand how important mm-hmm. it is yeah. for us to make yeah. these decisions. And that's what I'm really looking for. Um so yeah, that's what I'll say. Yeah, bro. I mean, man, bro, I think that's I, I think that's a good way to sum up our um podcast for for today, man. Like, you know, what the black thought would be what's your sacrifice or what are you willing to sacrifice? You know, hey, because, bars. Yeah. <laughs> what what are you willing to sacrifice? Willing to sacrifice. You know, because we we at a point right now where you know, we have to make changes. And the only way that we progress as as black and brown people, and honestly, bro, the only way we progress as a nation, all people included, is somebody got to make some sacrificing. Um, and, and if we mm-hmm. don't make any sacrificing, we're going to be in the same position. Your children's going to be in the same position. Your grandkids are going to be in the same position. So, um, you know, when I just think think to the sacrifices like what my, my, my grandmother may have made, Bro, you know, it's a it's it's a disservice to my grandmother for me not to make sacrifices looking at what she what yeah. she did and the reason why all of her grandkids are walking the earth right now. You know what I mean? So like Absolutely. if you got to use your grandmother's motivation, bro, like <laughs> do what you got to do, but make a sacrifice. Do something uh that's going to set your your family up for the future. Uh and whatever that Absolutely. may be, you know that's up. That's up to you to decide. But make some type of sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, bro. That's a win. Ain't <laughs> nothing else to be said. Ain't nothing else to be said, bro. <laughs> hey, the only thing that can be said. Make sure y'all subscribe, rate, and review. Um, the Black Man Thing Podcast, man. Wherever you listen to podcasts, at we are there. Uh, Spotify, Apple, um, iHeartRadio, Google, Stitcher. Wherever you listen to podcasts, SoundCloud. We're there, man. So make sure y'all tell a friend to tell a friend. Tell your auntie, tell your mama, tell your cousin them. Uh, we here. And um, thank y'all for listening, man. Black Man 3 Podcast. The Black Men Think Podcast.